ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome in to hour number two of the Great Scott Show. Big thank you to Eric Mouton, Coach Eric Mouton, Dr. Fundamental. He the doctor. I, the doctor is in. He and I start talking basketball, and then it's just like suddenly the hour. Like, where did the hour go? Just uh, going to talk some baseball this hour, among other things, with the opinionated diverse Birdman, ODB, Jay Walker. Good morning. In here, he will uh, induct a new song into the Terrible Tune Tuesday Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And um, then at some point today, he'll head over to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, taking on LSU tonight in the Wally Pontiff Jr. Classic. I believe the last one. Correct. Um, and, you know, they've had some... It, it's 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 been fun. They've had a lot of memorable games I know that sometimes they play one another, and it's not the Wally Pontiff Jr. Classic, but they've they've played a lot in this one, and it was something that I know Robe always said he was he was honored to get to be a part of. I spoke to Coach Deggs yesterday about it, and just about the foundation and uh, and, and and Wally Pontiff's parents and what they've done with this matchup. And so uh, tonight will be the final one. That's why they wanted it. Wally Pontiff Sr. wanted it to be at at Alex Box. And not uh, over there in New Orleans, and that's why it's there this year. And it's uh, it'll you know, be the seventh time that the Cajuns have participated in the Pond of Classic. LSU won the first four times. The Cajuns have won the last two times. And this will be, um, you know, it's been six years, I think, since the last time the Cajuns played LSU on the road that wasn't a part of the Pond of Classic. And you know, Mister Pontiff. Um, Loved when the Cajuns played because the Cajuns brought the best crowd out of anybody that they ever played. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, I'm with, I'm with Tony. I, you know, I think the fact that they, they've asked the Cajuns to be a part of it so many times is a great thing. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm glad the teams are playing. Uh, you know, they, they played, you know, last year in Lafayette. And now that Jay Johnson's the head coach, you know, we don't know what the future of the series is. I assume they're going to keep playing, but how often are they going to play in Baton Rouge? How often are they going to play in Lafayette? Um, I guess we'll find out down the road. Uh, but this was, a, this, was, this was a game that was scheduled when Paul Maneri was there. And um, we'll see what happens after this year. 6 o'clock pregame tonight, 6.30 first pitch here. <clears throat> right here. On ESPN Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Rage Cajun softball against Illinois today will be on 9.60. And then tomorrow against Indiana, it'll be back here on ESPN Lafayette. Um, what? Who's who? Who's starting tonight for Louisiana? Um, Cooper Rawls. You saw Cooper last week. Then you saw him over the weekend. Um, when it comes to single midweek games, as opposed to okay, they have two this week. What, if anything, changes about the Cajuns' approach to to the pitching? You know. I could answer that question um, 
more easily because because Robe had a pattern. Okay, uh, if it was a Tuesday game, he'd let the, he'd let the guy go, and then on Wednesday he'd throw everybody. Um, Matt isn't necessarily uh, like that, and I honestly don't know because we haven't talked. I don't know if his plan is to set Cooper out there and just let him go as long as he can. Or if he's going to throw him a couple, three innings and then, you know, have him for the weekend and, you know, give some other guys some work. I I, I don't know what his plan is. I'll get a better idea after we talk because we didn't talk yesterday. From there, Louisiana will open up. Well, it's tonight is the first of a seven game road swing. Yeah. Uh, You go to Atlanta to take on Georgia State and then come home and then back on a long trip to Boone against Appalachian State. Uh, a lot of traveling coming up for the Cajuns. They've already played Georgia Southern, who is ranked in a couple of polls this week. And they're in the top 10 in the RPI. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad. Look, Rodney Hennon, okay, is, I think this is his 23rd year uh, at Georgia Southern. Now, Georgia Southern, of course, has played in four of the last five conference championship games, come up short each time. Rodney Hennon's a good baseball coach. He's got a great moral compass. There's a lot, if you get to get to know Coach Hennon and get to learn about his philosophies about baseball, about life, there, there are definitely some comparisons with Coach Robe. Um, very, very nice guy. And happy that they're having success. Glad the Cajuns took two out of three in Lafayette, but, but glad he's having success. Um, they have not been to the NCAA tournament since they've joined the Sun Belt. And, you know, it's right there for them to lose now. You know, uh, they've got a huge series at South Alabama this weekend. And, you know, you, be, you get, get in this league long enough and, and you, you see a, um, a team, you say, man, they just got our number. Well, South Alabama's had Georgia Southern's number. And so they, they've got to try to defeat that as well as the Jaguars this weekend. Texas stayed atop the standings now. Um, looking at the standings and thinking of the tournament uh, coming up, and I know it's it's over a month away, but different this year. It's back to the traditional 10 teams get in, 7, 8, 9, 10 play single elimination to essentially get into then the double, double elimination. elimination. Yeah. Um, difference between 6 and 7 is is big. Well, and and you know what's interesting about this? It's kind of a have-have-not league, okay, this year. The have-nots jump up and win games here and there, but they're not going to challenge to get in the top six. There are seven teams, and one of them is going to have to play the first day of the tournament. And the seven I'm talking about are the two Georgia schools, the two Alabama schools, uh, Louisiana, Texas State, and Coastal Carolina. That's seven schools, and one of them has, is going to have to play on Tuesday. In the loss column, everyone between number three and number seven is separated by a game. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of baseball to be played. You know, we're only – a lot of people are doing a lot of speculating. We're halfway through the conference season. Mm-hmm. Um, we still got five weeks, and a lot is going to happen in those five weeks. Coastal has a tie on there uh, from a game against ULM where it just, what did it go extra and then they had to leave? Yeah, 17 to 17. So 
that that right there, the hook might be you're half game back because you didn't have enough wins. That might end up being the difference maker. It could be. Um, it we could will, be. We will see, though. And and there are a lot of um, haves versus haves series the rest of the season. I mean, that I think there's only one this week, and that's South Alabama and uh, Georgia State. But uh, and of course the Cajuns and uh, South Alabama, Georgia Southern. Of course the Cajuns and Georgia State as well. But there's there's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching over the last five weeks of the season. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Scott Prather, Jay Walker, Coastal Carolina. I want to get your thoughts for a second. I was talking to Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball before the season. Said, Did you think Coastal would go from being the national champion to what they are currently in the Sun Belt, which is not anything, not terrible, but not special, not... I mean, they were the national champions. Are you surprised that Coastal Carolina, because I remember the first time I actually learned about that school was talking baseball with you and Brian Benton, like, in the late 2000s. Like, man, this team's always ranked. They're always in regionals. Like, they're going to host. Like, what's the deal? And since they've been in the league, from a baseball standpoint, ironically, no one, if you said, look, one is going gonna, is gonna to help the league a lot and one's going to not help the league that much and it's going to be baseball and football, everyone would have been like, oh, well, of course, they're not going to, they're not going to do anything in football. It's going to be in baseball. They're just sort of another team right now. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but the standard there was we, we're good enough to win it all. And they, they have not been anything close to that team since they've been in the league. Well, they've, you know, they've won a couple of tournaments. You know, they've, been, you know, they, they've been to the NCAAs a couple of times. I, I think that there's a couple of things that happen. First of all, when you're in the Big South, which is where they were, it is easy to dominate that league if you have a really good club. And then because you're dominating and it's not dog eat dog every single weekend, you're a lot fresher when you, um, when you enter postseason play. And I think coming to the Sun Belt, it, you know, that's definitely a step up in leagues uh, for the Shants. But let's not forget that Gary Gilmore was very ill. And... Um, He's his cancer is in remission right now and, and he's coaching. But so in addition to that, they also had to go through that with him. And it's um don't think that doesn't have something to do with it mm-hmm. because you know that that you know, you have to go out and recruit and say, Well, what about your coach? You know? So I um I think that that probably played into it a little bit as well. You know, I no one can speculate how COVID affected them because, look, COVID affected everybody, but it it didn't affect everybody the same. And so, but, and I don't know exactly how that fits in. Um, Coastal Carolina uh, has got the ability to, to score a lot of runs. But the thing that about Coastal that's been the case pretty much since they joined the league is their bullpen's been really shaky. Maybe not in 2017, but since then. Uh, pitching depth has been an issue for that team, and it is again this year. I, I hadn't, I didn't know that about Coach Gilmore. Um, I would imagine Coach battling cancer, going through treatment at the height of COVID, you talk about it's it's going to have an impact on the team in a in a big way. You know, I remember talking with the Joe Cashin. Joe Joe does the the football broadcasts for for Coastal, but 
he was the guy who was doing the games when they when they won the national championship. And um, during the the time that the that COVID hit, the season was canceled. We would do some zooms, all of the broadcasters, just to to stay in touch. And I, you know, I would ask about Coach Gilmore, and I and and one of the times I said, I don't want you to go through what I went through, and. Uh, he, you know, as I said, he's in remission. Um, That's he, great. And, and that, that is great. And, you know, Co- and Coach Gilmer, you know, he's an old school guy now. You know, he's, you've got, look, college baseball has changed the way kids approach it. And, you know, Tony used to talk about the travel ball and all that other stuff, how it was good and it was bad. And, um, yeah, Gilmore's right there with him. You know, he, uh they they had a couple of conversations um, in the three years that they coached against each other and 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 he Tony laughed one time he said he said that dude over there he said this stuff's driving him crazy and um, it of course drove drove Tony crazy too but and yeah um, Coach Gilmore's a, he's a good man he's a good coach and uh, like I said very much an old school guy. But they have um, they've had a lot of different things happen. I think that's that's made them not quite as good as I think the, that they want to be, uh, and that the Sun Belt wants them to be. They are a half game behind Louisiana, South Alabama, and Troy in the standings. Those three schools I mentioned, a uh, single game behind Georgia State, who Louisiana is playing this weekend. But tonight, Louisiana takes on LSU, who. Um, has had an up and down season. Uh, every time I'm like, okay, I, I just, I don't, I don't think LSU can get it done. They go out and do something amazing or sweep or win a series against a really good team. And then they follow it up and granted they played a really good team this past weekend, but by getting swept, um, they scored six runs in that series. Yeah. LSU's hitting almost 300 as a team. They've hit 57 home runs this season. Go back and look what they did the weekend before against Mississippi State. Exactly. It was like, I, again, they'll do something one weekend, and I'm like, all right, they got it. They got it figured out. And the next weekend, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's Well, going you on. know, there are three guys on the weekend. I mean, the, the starters are guys who can keep them in games. Um, I don't know that LSU has, you know, they're, they're, in the past, they've had a couple of dudes on Friday and Saturday. I, I don't know that they have dudes. But they've got guys who are going to keep them in games. But in order for LSU to win, they have to score runs. Because the other team is going to score runs. And, you know, LSU's bullpen is kind of hit and miss a little bit. Um, I don't know. They, they don't have a dude at the back of the, at the, back of the game. Um, so they kind of mix in and match in uh, with, their, with their pitching. Uh, it's probably defensively the worst LSU team I can remember. I would agree with you on that. And I would agree um, with you on that. And so they they can't they can't depend on their defense to save runs because their defense gives runs. It's cost them uh I know the Auburn series, a number not just a number of games, a couple series this year the yeah. defense has cost them. Yeah. And and so I'm um you know, LSU is who they are. I think they are a middle of the pack SEC team. Right. Um you know, tonight the Cajuns are going to play over there, and and I think that there are a few things that the Cajuns have to do to have a chance to win. Number one, they can't be generous. All right, you hear Matt talk about that a lot, 
it cost them the game against ULM, that middle game, because that ninth inning started with a walk and a hit batsman. Um, so you can't be generous. You've got to keep the ball in the ballpark, and if the ball's going to leave the ballpark, nobody it's got to be with nobody on base. And the third thing is you're going to get opportunities during the game against LSU. You're going to get opportunities to score runs. You've got to cash in. When you're on base, bring it all. Yeah, you got to you got to cash in. You got to get a big two out hit. Um, you got to put a ball in the gap when you have a chance to do that. And you can't just go out and leave a bunch of guys on base because you're not going to win doing that. So those are the things I think needs to happen if the Cajuns are going to get a win um, in the game tonight. I think it's a game they can win, but you know we have to understand LSU's probably going to score some runs because they're really good offensively. But you're going to have opportunities, too, and you've got to cash in. And you can't let them have that six-run inning because they got a hit, and then, you know, you walked a guy, and then they got a hit, and then, you know, you hit a guy, and then you walk another guy, and then somebody sticks it, one it in the gap. It feels like yeah, any time, uh, when, when the leadoff runner, or the leadoff batter, ra- rather, walks, when the Cajuns walk the leadoff batter, it feels like every single time, all right, put a run on the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, you you got you to gotta not do that. Because LSU is going to earn some stuff because they're real good offensively. You just can't help them. I'll be listening to you guys with the volume up and the TV volume down. And then after that, I'll watch the Pelicans, which I know you don't care about. But it's good talking basketball last hour with Eric Mutzall. And then when you were leaving, Eric says, Carson Rockefeller, man, this guy. He's just, I, I love when someone leads a conversation in with just, Say a player's name and then this guy and then see the response. But that's what he did to you because he wanted uh-huh. to. Basically, that's that's dude code for Jay. Man, tell me how good this guy is. Well, that guy's good, you know. Um, but now T. Rob has gotten hot. Has gotten he hot. Has. Boy, he has. It, and people and, were and, wondering when it was going to happen. It's happened. And Marshak is healthy now. All right, and and so you got those guys, you know, at the top of the lineup. LaFleur has now entered the mix. And and look, I got to tell you, he barreled up everything over the weekend. If he's healthy to have another lefty in the lineup? Oh, no, that's big. And, you know, and then you've got, you know, I thought Kevin Foote wrote a great article on Julian Brock that was on the, it's on the Advocate website. And, you know, we'll talk about those other guys all you want to. The glue. Oh, he's the glue. Glue. He's the glue. He's, um, you know... He's the straw, uh, and he is, um, and, and everybody's happy for him because he's such a great kid, okay? And he was one of those work-while-you-wait guys. And last year, Osborne came in, won the job. Julian didn't see a lot of action, continued to work hard, but also kept the smile on his face. He was a great teammate, and, you know, first went out of the dugout to congratulate his teammate. C.J. Willis is like that, too, mm-hmm. on this team. And um, so he, he had the respect of his teammates. And then if you remember, they signed a catcher, the Cajuns did. And then he got drafted. He was a teammate of Tyler Robertson, junior cop, one of Tyler's best friends. And so the guy gets drafted and he decides to go. And so now Julian has an opportunity. He made the most of it. He had a great fall. He had a great spring. Uh, he's the guy at, at, at midway through the fall. I talked to the coach and I said, oh, no, he's our catcher. He's our guy. 
We don't have to. We don't have to struggle. Try to find somebody late. He's our guy, and he's going to be now. He's we need. We need to find a backup, and they did uh, with the uh, with Austin Garrett from Kansas State. But um, and so Brock had, didn't have to look over his shoulder, and just had to concentrate on being the best Julian Brock he could be. And we're finding out that I don't think we've seen the best Julian Brock yeah. yet. Yeah, but. Julian Brock, we're seeing is a guy that going, oh, okay, okay, and he's really become a crowd favorite. Not too many home games left, though. I want four, seven. seven, seven, seven. You got two series against uh, UTA and Little Rock, a midweek game against uh, Nichols. That's it. Seven games, nineteen games left. Twelve in the road, seven at home. Here you go. Cajun baseball tonight against LSU this weekend at Georgia State. A week later at App State, um, who is at the bottom of the standings along with Arkansas State, who won their first games recently, won the last two. Uh, we talked about the Sunbelt Conference standings and sort of one through seven and being really jam-packed. I think even for the bottom of the conference, considering the last two teams don't get into the tournament, UTA, App State, Arkansas State, conference-wise, only separated by one loss. So everybody, my point is, even the teams at the bottom heading into this final stretch all have something to play for. They all want to get in. Yeah, and, and I think that most folks, um, you know, they, they said, okay, you know, will you, let's throw Arkansas State out. Let's not, not yet. okay? Let's not because um, they did win a couple of games. Uh, you know, their bullpen didn't melt down totally, and they were able to, Escape with a couple of wins. I think they're going to win a few more. Um, look, Arkansas State was 0-12 when the Cajuns left Jonesboro. But four of those games, they lost by one run and another one in extra innings. So it's not like they weren't competing. And so I, I haven't discounted Arkansas State, especially now that the weather's starting to warm up. Because I'm I'm just telling you, I've been following... Arkansas State for a long time, and when the weather warms up, they get better. And so the weather's starting to warm up in Jonesboro, and and wait and see if Tommy Raffo's team doesn't start scoring some runs. Want to get back to the national scene for a moment with you? Are you following what Tennessee's doing? That's sick. I mean, is anyone? Obviously, it's baseball, so anything can happen. But if you want to talk about like a favorite or a team that's I, I, I haven't, I, I'll be honest, I haven't even watched Tennessee. I've just read, I go and I read sort of recaps of the weekend and I read the box score and I've just followed from afar what they've been doing. And I'm like, good Lord. I mean, they're, they're, it just feels like they're playing at a different level than everybody else. That's because they are. They're at you a know, different what? level of competition. 30, I mean, it's 30, like a different league. 32 and three. You know, now I'm, I'm interested to see because Tony Vitello's getting ready to get suspended. Um, in the, in the game over the weekend, assistant coach got tossed and then Vitello got tossed. And after he got tossed, he went up and he bumped the umpire. And, and it was an obvious, it wasn't, you know, one of those where the guy had to fake it. He, he went up and, and, and he chest bumped him. Um, so he's going to be out for a while. Haven't seen, you know, exactly what, you know, what, what the length of the suspension is, but. I'm going to guess he touched an umpire. I'm going to guess that's four games. He's a good coach, but um, uh, yeah, say, I'm I, not saying he's the most liked guy that, in the world. That's where I'm going. Okay? With yeah, it, right. I, yeah. I would say that the other coaches and maybe some in the league office aren't like 
uh, kumbaya with him. Oh, no, no, no. You're absolutely right. He's He's got that... Um, Look, he's you, deve- look. You bleeping people like I'm going to do it how I want to do it. He's gotten the reputation, whether he's earned it or not. He's gotten the reputation of being somewhat of a jerk. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who doesn't care about that. It's the people in Knoxville, Tennessee. They lost so, to Texas. They lost Alabama, and they lost the midweek game to Tennessee Tech. Um, other than that, they're they're thirty three and three right now. Uh, they go to play at Florida, and they're, I don't know, I don't know the long-term future. I just know that right now, you know, like you said, the Vols fans, they're, they love this guy. Well, they do. And, you know, we've still got, like I said, five weeks to go uh, in the regular season, and a lot can happen. But you know what? If, if they were, do you understand what a prohibitive favorite they would be if the season ended now and they were seeing... And now, and you know, the number one seed never wins. Okay, when they go to when they go to Omaha, so they'd be the number one overall seed. Uh, they'd be, they'd it be would, the favorite, and 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 they would also be the overall number two seed. You know that I mean that's how big the gap is right now. They're twenty five and one at home this year. Pretty good, pretty good. It's just it's it's weird that their one loss at home is to Tennessee Tech, but. I know it's midweek games, but this year's Tennessee team just feels different. Well, and, and, you know, Tennessee Tech, remember a few years ago, they were like, you know, nationally ranked and throwing up a boatload of runs, scoring like you wouldn't believe. Then the guy leaves, he goes to Rice, and it doesn't work out for him. Well, guess what? He's the coach at Tennessee Tech again. And so they're good again. That's it. It's always interesting when a guy leaves and then a school brings him back. Now, I've seen it happen a few times in football, and it didn't work out. I don't know college baseball well enough to know how common it is. Um, but I didn't, I didn't know that he had, he had left. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. He's back. He's back at Tennessee Tech. I remember when he, when it, I remember when he left Rice. Right. Like, well, that didn't work. But I didn't realize yeah. he went back. Mm-hmm. All right. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Scott Brayther, Jay Walker, talking a little college baseball with you on a Tuesday uh, if you want to hit us up, Scott at ESPNLafayette.com. You can email me, uh, 337-269-1077. Phone lines are uh, open for you, and uh, you can talk to us that way as well or hit us up on Twitter at ESPN Lafayette. 29 after the hour. Coming up, we will, uh, Jay will, induct a new song into the Terrible Tune Tuesday Hall of Fame. Joining Chacaron Macaron. Friday. And Agadu. Mm-hmm. A fourth induction. They're, they're joining prestigious elite ground. Oh, there's no question. Elite. That's right. When we come back right here on the Great Scott Show, it's terrible. Tune. Tuesday. On ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Mankind.
What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. He still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the Beastie Boys. Mm, drop! Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. It does go well with a chicken. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Coming at you on a Tuesday, April the 19th. Jay Walker, my friend, voice of Louisiana Raging Cajun Athletics and former DJ who has a long, illustrious history in the music industry and a lot of opinions. If you follow him on Facebook, you see some of his great posts. What are you on right now? 100 great one-hit wonders? Uh, no, 365 one-hit 365. wonders. I'm not, they're not ranked. I'm just throwing a different one out there every day. Now, I did have Spirit in the Sky on Easter Sunday, okay? And I had I Love You by the People on Valentine's Day. So I'm trying to, you know, trying to make them topical when there's a topic. Um, but, yeah. I would say if you ever need a suggestion, let me know. But you don't. You, you've got it. I mean, you got it handled. Pretty much. Terrible Tune Tuesday. It's uh, one of those days which we'll be doing a little more often now where we are inducting songs into the TTT Hall of Fame. So far we have Agadoo by Black Lace. We have Friday by Rebecca Black. And we have Chacaron Macaron. And today Jay will uh, induct one of his. This is going to be a little different today because for the first time... We are going to take a massive pop hit record that was a number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 for multiple weeks and induct it into the Terrible Tune Tuesday Hall of Fame. This was the song that, for me, inspired doing Terrible Tune Tuesday. I did a countdown on my Facebook page of the 100 worst songs of the 60s and 70s. Guess what number one is? It's the song you're about to hear. 
I have even gone so far as to make fun of this song by um, by giving you unknown meanings to the lyrics of this song. Of all the songs I have ever heard on the radio that were hits, I might hate this one more than any other. In fact, I know I hate this one more than any other. We're going all the way back to 1968. And a guy who had um, a bunch of hit records. Um, I think your dad, as a matter of fact, liked one of them a whole lot. Well, a story later, I, I got my name. Because of one of the songs by this guy. and that, but it, Which is okay, because the song isn't one that I'm going to embrace forever. But it wasn't terrible. Thank you, Jay. This is terrible. This is just god-awful. I purposely have not eaten anything today because I don't want to heave into a trash can while it's playing. But the first of many number one songs to be inducted into the Terrible Tune Tuesday Hall of Fame from 1968. This is Bobby Goldsboro and Honey on Terrible Tune Tuesday Hall of Fame Day. See the tree, how big it's grown But friend, it hasn't been too long It wasn't big I laughed at her and she got mad The first day that she planted it Was just a twig Then the first snow came And she ran out to brush the snow away So it wouldn't die Came running in, all excited Slipped and almost hurt herself And I laughed till I cried She was always young at heart Kinda dumb and kinda smart And I loved her so And I surprised her with a puppy Kept me up all Christmas Eve Two years ago And it would sure embarrass her when I came in from working late Cause I would know That she'd been sitting there and crying Over some sad and silly late, late show And honey, I miss you And I'm being To be with you If only I could She wrecked the car And she was sad And so afraid that I'd be mad But what the heck Though I pretended hard to be Guess you could say she saw through me And hugged my neck I came home unexpectedly and caught her crying needlessly in the middle of the day. And it was in the early spring when flowers bloom and robins sing, she went away. And honey, I miss you. 
and I'm being good And I'd love to be with you If only I could One day while I was not at home While she was there and all alone The angels came Now all I have is memories of honey And I wake up nights and call her name Now my life's an empty stage Where honey lived and honey played And love grew up And a small cloud passes over God, I hate that song. I just hate it. Song was written by Bobby Russell, who was a, a pretty prolific songwriter. In fact, he wrote another number one song for his then wife, Vicki Lawrence, The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. It was also written by Bobby Russell. That's just that's gross, man. That song. You you can get a, a sense, listeners, of the the t like some TTTs make us laugh, and you'll hear us use it as bumper music and play it, and like the other TTT inductees. Not that I'd play; I could do a ton. But if it's if it's on every now and then, like I'll smile and be like, "Oh, let me let me yeah, this is really let bad. me laugh about this." Yeah, and this is no laughing it. matter. This like, is just bad. Yeah. Friday, Shaka Romaka. Like, I'll hear it and I'll be like, it's all right. I could listen to this whole song. It's it's not over and over, but it's funny. I, I never I never want to hear that crap again, Jay. I had not heard it since you played it like six and a half years ago. Uh-huh. And I, I hope that I never have to. I could go much longer than six and a half years before hearing it again. Even though that artist wrote a song that my parents loved and named me Scott. Right. Song was called Watching Scotty Grow. That's right. And he had a hit record with that. And and that was not a terrible tune. I mean, I hope not. Um he also had a song called Summer the First Time that came out, I, I want to say nineteen seventy three or seventy four, that I actually liked. But that that honey right there is that that Watching Scotty Grow was written by Mac Davis. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. That was my parents gave me that middle name, but, be, but because of that song and because they would hear it a lot, they just kept calling me Scott, and that's what I go by now. That's it. It would have been really tough if you'd have gone by John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I. Uh, my dad and I share the first same name. No one calls us Jonathan. Right. Um. Only I, I know when it's someone that doesn't know me. It's like, oh yes, Mr. Jonathan Prather. Sure. What do you want? Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah exactly. Hang up. Let me hang up on this. This ain't happening. 46 after the hour. Scott Brather, Jay Walker. It's ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. We'll come back. We'll take a short break. We'll come back. Hit on ULLSU tonight on the Diamond Cajun softball as well. Traveling. And uh, Coach Glasgow was laughing yesterday when I was talking to him. 
during a rigorous road trip and it was freezing outside and he was about as happy as I've heard him in a while. We'll tell you about it next. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. And he was never good to you. Down that amount, what you gonna do? Let's see hot dogs on the stick. Let's drink some living French trips over the back of the back. And the king size bed. Fifth floor clean, let's do the do. Oh, listen, this is the young warrior singing Deja Vu. This is a dream that I want. See, there's a TTT that'll get you smiling. And there's a TTT that someday will get inducted. That's a all time Macy great Gray and Old Dirty Bastard. <laughs> the original ODB. Yes. Yes. The OG ODB. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Louisiana Rage and Cajun Baseball in action tonight at LSU. We talked about it in the first segment for a while. Uh, 6 30 on the air, 6 o'clock pregame right here on ESPN Lafayette. Cajun Softball, Illinois, originally scheduled to be a doubleheader today as a single game. You can hear it on Talk Radio 960 today. Uh, three forty-five pregame. Ian Ozan has the call. Cajuns won nineteen to nothing yesterday at St. Louis. It's not a doubleheader because Northwestern. Um, they had a big Northwestern Illinois. They had to reschedule a series, a conference series, and they just are going to do two games, and it's tomorrow. So Jerry said the uh, the coach called him and was getting some pressure from the AD at Illinois just to not play the game, and uh, and they settled on a single game and. Jerry's like, look, I get it. I've been there. Uh, he said they were going to maybe try to do two against Indiana, but he hadn't even talked to anybody yet. But I was like, how's the weather there, Coach? Coach, dro- he's driving this whole road trip. Like, he left Mobile with his wife, Vicky, and they drove all the way up. And it was good for him because they got to go back to, you know, his hometown, and they got he got to see some grandkids at Easter and stuff. But he's driving the pitching machine everywhere because he says, I, I want him to have the same thing on the road that we have at home in terms of just – Game day prep. So, St. Louis yesterday, Illinois today, Indiana tomorrow. Then they drive to Boone, and then coach and you know team will fly out of Boone back to Lafayette, and coach and Vicky will drive all the way back. I'm like, coach, you sound happy. He's like, oh yeah, man, it's freezing. The girls are gonna hate this weather. I love it. He's like, I, I got to see my grandkids on Easter. It was great. I mean, he sounded. He was talking about how rigorous the road trip is, and I swear it's the happiest I've heard him all season, man. Maybe coming off of a sweep against South Alabama and that probably helped. Sole possession of first place that probably helped. But uh, but yeah, they've uh, they've got one tonight against Illinois, and of course Cajuns and LSU on our airwaves, and uh, and then tomorrow uh, UL Indiana softball that'll be back here on ESPN Lafayette. Um, <sighs> now that I got all that out of the way, earlier you were talking about the keys tonight for UL against LSU. As we wrap up the hour, why don't you uh, let listeners join us late? What you were saying earlier, three things. Well, I and and honestly, when you look at the makeup of the teams, 
LSU and Georgia State are very similar as far as what their strengths and weaknesses are. So I, I think the key against LSU tonight is also the key against Georgia State this weekend. First of all, don't be generous. Make them earn what they get because they, they hit the ball so well. They're going to score some runs. Stay away from the beginnings by not helping them, by walking folks or hitting folks or, or making errors. And errors is something the Cajuns haven't been making lately. They've got the, the best fielding percentage in the Sun Belt in conference games. Keep the ball in the ballpark. LSU's hit 57 home runs. Georgia State is right up there with that. I mean, they're, that, them and Texas State, they, they hit a ridiculous amount of home runs. And the, the other thing is when you have an opportunity, seize it. You're going to have chances to score runs. You've got to get big hits. You've got to get two out hits. When you've got opportunities to score, run around third, less than two outs, that sort of thing, you've got to cash in on those. You, you can't miss out on those opportunities. Jay Walker, Brad Topham tonight, 6 o'clock pregame right here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Dan Patrick shows next tomorrow. Anthony Babineau will be in studio from 8 to 9. We'll talk plenty of Cajun baseball then. In the 7 o'clock hour, we'll hit on ULLSU and Pelicans Suns game two tonight. We'll be talking about that. Might have a guest lined up from New Orleans to come on and break it down with me as well. If they had not gotten up to such a terrible start in game one, they, they'd have had a shot. Chris Paulo, man. Oh, yeah, I know. Still at his age. I said it. I said it out loud. I was like, they'll they'll come back and cut it to like six or seven, and then Chris Paul will check back in and just put his foot down, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Hey, it's a good experience for a young team to be in the postseason. Uh, tonight, again, 6 o'clock pregame, 6.30 first pitch. Jay, thanks for the TTT induction. I don't know that there'll be a more terrible song in the TTT Hall of Fame than that one. Oh, no. Yes, there will. Okay. See, that's a challenge, and he accepted it. There you go. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, best ticketed sports. Oh.